and we back in this thing like we left something. Welcome back, y'all, to this week's episode of I Got a Story to Tell. Thank y'all for joining me for episode 29. That's two and nine. I thank y'all for riding with me thus far. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed last week's episode. I enjoyed telling it or sharing it. This week, we got a funny one, too. Um, but y'all know how we do. Before we get started, I got to give someone their flowers. And this week, I'm giving flowers to my daughter, Paige Victoria. I love you, Paige. You are a dope human being. I just think you're awesome. I love you. I love everything about you and everything you do. It's something about when a man has a daughter that changes. Like, it's different. Like, I love having a son. It, it's dope. But having a little girl changes you in some way, shape, or form. And guys, y'all know what I'm talking about if you have daughters. Um, Paige, keep being the creative, free spirit that you are. Um, I always feel like, you know, watching, watching you sometimes like you've been here before, which I know you have. Um, keep being creative. Keep being the dancer, the singer, the artist, the... Just all around awesome human being that you are. Daddy loves you. I will always love you. And with that being said, y'all, I got a story to tell. Let's go. takes place in the year of our Lord 2011 that's a two zero and two ones it's mid-February um, around Valentine's Day and I moved to Houston on November 1st of 2010 so a few months before this is when I moved down there. like I said it's mid-February and I'm about to start training at my new job the place where I'm working, <laughs> how can I describe it? It's a mixture of a mental health care facility slash drug rehab slash uh, next step before you go to jail or prison slash behavioral center. It's, it's all this shit, right? Just a, a, a mixture of shit, just a gumbo of, of shit, right? Now, most people who come into a work environment like this, right, they, it's going to go one of two ways. You're cool, you can deal with whatever comes along with it, and you'll be fine. Or, you're one of those people who don't know when you get there, and then you get in there and some shit pop off and you like, eh, I'm good. Because most people struggle with the verbal and physical altercation that comes along with working in an environment like that. I was always cool with it because even before I worked there, before I moved to, to Texas, I worked in, you know, detention uh, setting, jail setting, behavioral school setting. So I was cool with it. I've always been cool with the verbal and the physical altercation that comes along with the job where most people are like, eh, I don't know about that shit. And at this at this place where my new job where I was going to be going, you never knew what your day entailed. 
One day you can come into work and shit be smooth. Nothing happened. Go on about your business. One day you can come in, you know, might have a little dust up or something. Or you can come in and motherfucker try to kill you, try to harm themselves, um, all type of shit. So you never know what you're walking into. But again, I'm cool with that whole situation. So I'm about to start training for this job. The way training is set up is the first portion of training is what you would call in the classroom, so to speak. You're learning policies and procedures, what you can do, what you can't do, uh, paperwork, shit like that. Second portion of training is what you call shadowing, meaning you're on the unit watching how people who are already, you know, working there, how they handle things, you know, and go through the day and shit like that. So let's get to it now. This is the first portion of training in the classroom. Our trainer is this cat named Jackson. Shout out my guy, Jackson. <laughs> funny as shit, right? Super duper funny. Um, he and I got the same fucked up sense of humor about a lot of shit. Some shit we shouldn't be laughing at, we do. So Jackson's the trainer. Cool as shit, funny as shit, knows his stuff. Get you trained right. While I'm in class, though, I'm I'm observing everybody that's in the training class with me. And then I start taking account. I'm like, OK, I'm looking at people like eh, he'll make it. Nah, he not going to make it. She'll make it. She may stay. You know, I'm doing that. Right. There's a guy sitting behind me at a table. Quiet dude. Don't say much of nothing. Named Derek. Shout out my guy. D. Loke. So he's from South Carolina. Shout out everybody in the Palmetto State. He's from South Carolina, um, recently graduated from Prairie View A&M, right? But he don't say much. He don't say much at all. Observant, just paying attention to what's going on. So we're going through the first portion of training. Like I said, Jackson giving us all the info, getting us prepared, right? And so the first portion of training comes to an end. It's like wrapping up. Jackson starts telling us what our assignments are, what our uh, unit assignments are. So he tells me and the dude, Derek, hey, y'all will be on Unit 5. Shout out everybody on Unit 5, the Dirty Nickel. So he tells us, he say, hey, y'all are going to be on Unit 5. Oh, okay, cool. That's what's up. So the way our shadowing schedule is set up, Derek and I have to be there on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, and then be back Thursday, Friday. So we like, all right, cool. Sunday comes. We go and show up at the unit. Derek and myself, that's Sunday, 3 o'clock. We knock on the door to come in. It's a double door right when you walk on the unit. Now, the unit, unit number five, the dirty nickel, it consists, it's an all-male unit comprised of cats from all over the state of California. I mean, you know, you got your, from the Bay, you got your Oaklands, you got your Frisco's, you got, you know, all the way down to San Diego, you got South Central, you know, Compton, Watt, all that. You got, you know, LA, East LA. So you have all these different personalities from different places. Um, some are gang affiliated, some are really active, some just, you know, say they are, but they really not, you know, so you got this mixture. So we get on the unit. The person that comes to answer the door is our guy, Lil Larry. Shout out, Larry. 
Larry comes to the door and he lets me and Derek in. He like, hey, what's up, fellas? We like, hey, what's up? Again, Derek don't say much or nothing. Quiet, hit you with a what's up, you know. And I'm trying to figure Derek out. The reason I'm trying to figure Derek out, because I'm like, okay, if we're ever at work, and I know he and I will be working pretty much the same schedule. If shit goes left, do the nigga got me. Because I've been in situations where I think somebody got me, but they ain't got me. And shit can get, like somebody can get hurt, right? So I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, nigga don't say much. Don't, don't have a lot of emotion. Don't, you know, it's hard to read him. So I'm like, I need to figure this out. We get on the unit. First person we see, Big G. Shout out Big G. Big G is one of the largest humans I've ever been around in my life. Big G is probably about 6'7", 6'8", 350, 360, right? Large human being. He like, hey, what's up, fellas? We like, hey, what's up, man? Little Larry starts talking to us. Hey, you know, this unified, the dirty nickel. Now, the dirty nickel was probably the roughest unit on the entire campus. The campus consisted of six units, three on one side, three on the other. Administration building up front, uh, training and gym building in the back. But Unified was a rough place, like I said, all male unit. So it had a history of being tough, a lot of shit going down. So it took people who were okay, like I said, with that type of environment and being in that environment for shit to be okay. For that unit to run smoothly, you needed some cats who was cool with whatever, right? Now, the Dirty Nickel has had some some good people that have, <laughs> have worked on it from, uh, like I say, Lil Larry, Big G, Fred, uh, 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 Tree, my boy Petaway. Uh, uh, like, it's been so many people that have worked there, but it takes a special type of person to work there, right? If y'all catch my drift. So back to the story. So we're there no more than five minutes. Larry's telling us, hey, this is how this operates. This is how this operates. You do this, you do that. No more than five minutes. In that five minutes, I may be giving it too much time. All of a sudden we hear, shut the fuck up, bitch. Boom. We'll call this resident John. John is a white resident from the San Diego area, like Oceanside area. Right. He picks up this big wooden chair. These oh, these wooden chairs that they had at the time were heavy as shit. He picks it up and he throws this bitch and tries to hit one of the other staff that were working. I say, oh, shit. So I look. Little Larry take out beeline down there. Him, other staff, they tussling with him, trying to restrain him. They get him restrained. They take him to this back room called the quiet room. The quiet room is where you would take residence when shit got way left. It's like a solitary room, big metal door with these big magnets on it and a glass window so you can observe the person inside. He's in there. He going crazy. Oh, he going ape shit. Let me the fuck out. Oh, veins bulging in his neck. He on some uh, ultimate warrior shit. He beating on the door. Boom, boom. Let me out. Like he's screaming. He going bananas, right? Oh, that special sauce kicking in. Like I told y'all last episode, you know, 
special motherfucker be strong, right? Strength of 10 men type shit. He in there. Like he going crazy. It ain't bothering me though. But what I'm doing, I'm looking at Derek. I'm like, let me get a read on this nigga. He not saying shit. He not too up. He not too down. I'm not scared of situations like that. I ain't never. Let me back up. Hold on. I was about to say I ain't never been scared in a situation like that. That's a lie. There have been two situations like in those type environments, whether corrections, audit, that I've been scared. Only two. I got to keep it a buck with y'all. Only two. I'm going to stop the story and tell something real quick. So let me stop this story. The first time a nigga had me like shook, like I'm talking about nigga shook, shook. I was living in Cincinnati and I took a job interview at Lebanon Correctional Facility. It's a prison. It's a state prison um, right outside Cincinnati, kind of like Cincinnati, Hamilton, Middletown area. <clears throat> and so I go to this interview. Oh, I get clean to go up in that bitch, right? I get clean, got my interview, hop out, walk in. I know the routine in the facility. Take everything out your pockets, go through the metal detector, all that shit, right? So when I go in, one of the deputies is there to meet me. He says, hey, you're going to go around this corner, go up these stairs, make a left. You'll see the office and then make a right into the office. Let them know you're here for your interview. Cool. Again, I ain't shook. I done been in from jails, prisons, like I said, any type of situation like that where most people are, if, if it's a situation like that, most people are going to be shook, not shook. So I go up the stairs. I'm by myself. He didn't walk up there with me. I go up the stairs. I bust that left. It's a hallway. Hallways, dim, dark shit. Like, y'all know the long, uh, the long light bulbs that you got to, like, twist out, like some shit you'll find in the church, church basement, right? That's what this hallway looked like. Like, it looked like the basement of my auntie old church when she she used to uh, go to Tabernacle in Lincoln Heights, Tabernacle Baptist, right? So it, it looked like there was dim, dark wood paneling on the walls and shit. So I bust the left, you know, down the hallway and I'm walking and I still got to bust another right to get to the office. So I'm walking, just me in the hallway by myself. I go to bust a right. For my people who know about like jail and prison systems, there's a thing called trustees. Trustees are trusted inmates who can do jobs and go in different areas that other inmates can't. They do shit like cleaning up and things like that. So I bust a right. There's a trustee. He's in this little hallway. He's by himself. He has a garbage can on some wheels. Like how a, like a janitor would have. You know, I remember like janitor back in middle school had a, the wheels on the, 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 the garbage can and shit, right? Snig on some swole Luferigno shit, right? Like on some super swole Hulk smash shit. And so when I seen, because I wasn't expecting to see when I bust this right, I was startled, nigga. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to say startled. Nigga was scared. And I jumped like, oh, shit. And the nigga hit me with, what's up, nigga? Man, y'all. Man. The nigga hit me with, he hit me with the, what's up, nigga? I turned into a woke, hotep, Israelite, nation of Islam, Baptist minister, peace, love type nigga. Because I was like, hey, what's going on, black man? 
Nigga, I was so shook, I couldn't hit him with back with the, what's up, nigga? Because I ain't want that to come off, you know, wrong. I had to defuse this. Because he was on some swole, big, like, brolic buff shit. And had he whooped me just to be in the hallway like, oh, I'm about to beat this nigga ass just because. Nigga, we'd have been in that tuss. I ain't no hold down. Don't get it confused. I ain't no hoe. He would have whooped me on the cool, but I'm just saying. I ain't no hoe, though. But anyway, so that was one time I was shook. The second time, a female resident had me like super shook. Now, my two homegirls, Javon and Key, they know who I'm talking about. There was a female resident, and man, touch with the special sauce is an understatement. I was so scared of this young lady. I mean, man, she would have these outbursts. She would walk real fast, look at you, stop, stare, stare, like, oh, shit. And I knew she was like stone cold, batshit crazy, man. I'm, I'm going to try not to get real graphic. But she came on her menstrual cycle one time, right, and was laying in the bed and just started taking the blood and rubbing it all on her face and body and shit. Man, nigga, I was so scared. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good on that. So those are the only two times I've ever been shook. But back to the story. So they get old boy in the quiet room. He on some, some, let me ah, like that shit, right? Going crazy. I check my boy dad. He ain't shook. He ain't said nothing, but I'm still trying to get a read on this cat. Cause I'm trying to figure out, hey, if shit go left, I need to know if you got me. Cause I done been in situations. I thought a nigga got me. He ain't got me. Cool. So that was the end of the fireworks for that day. Second day come, which is Monday. We get to work. Our unit supervisor, Cleef, shout out our boy from Dallas, Texas, Oak Cliff, to be exact, Cleve. We get there, Cleve, introducing himself, talking to us, yada, yada, yada. Hope y'all do your thing, yada, yada, yada. Cool, cool cat. All of a sudden, we hear a cold call come from Unit 3. Unit 3 is an all-female unit. So Cleve say, hey, why don't y'all go over there and check it out and see how they do things? Cool. Derek and myself walk over there. The whole walk over there to the unit. He's not saying much of anything. We walk over there, get over there. These, man, listen. These females are tearing this unit to shreds. Oh, they acting up. I'm like, whoa, okay. I see how this is going. Finally, they get shit under control, right? We're walking back to unit five. Derek don't say much or nothing, but the one thing he did say when we get out there, he gave a little laugh. He say, <laughs> man, they was in there wilding. And that's all he said. So I'm like, okay. Still ain't got to read on him. Because I need to know, if shit go left, do you got me? We get back to the unit. That's into the fireworks for that day. Tuesday comes. We get to work. They say, hey, y'all not shadowing here on unit five. Go over to unit one. Alright, cool. We go over to unit one so we can see how they do things over there. We were supposed to and did shadow with the legend, Mr. T. Shout out Mr. T. Mr. T, I know I need to call you. I'm gonna call you. We get over there, Mr. T say, hey, fellas, which which y'all know good. Mr. T's a cool cat from STL. He's from St. Louis. He'll let you know. I'm from St. Louis. Mr. T don't take no shit. So we sit down with Mr. T. Mr. T has a boom box sitting right next to his foot. He has a bag with a whole bunch of white envelopes. Y'all know when you go to the bootleg CD man, when niggas 
you know, sell bootleg CDs out on the corner. They give you the CDs in the little white envelope with the clear circle thing so you can see what, what you're listening to. So, he got a whole bunch of them. He pull them out the bag. He holding them in his hand, both hands like they spades. Y'all know how a nigga hold all them spades, right? Hold their hand. So he got all these CDs he going through. Nah, I don't want that. Nah, I don't want that. Nah, I don't want Frankie Beverly now. Nah, I don't want the Gap Band. Like, he, he going through them. Yeah, that's the one I want. He throw it on. We hear the music kick up. We hear guitar. Like, the guitar and shit. I'm like, damn. It worked. On the cool, this nigga got this shit loud as fuck. So he like, nah, 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 I don't want to hear this song. Next. Guitar, come on. Pinky, 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 pinky. Next. Nah, I don't want to hear that. Man, all of a sudden, he jammed. Got that shit. What y'all know about the boy from Buffalo? This nigga talking about Rick James. Oh, Mr. T love Rick James. Rick James loud the motherfucker on this boombox. Give it to me what you say. Give it to me what you say. Give it to me what you say. I'm looking like, nigga, we at work, my man. Miss T ain't give fuck about that. He got he got Rick James on some loud shit. I look over at Derek. Derek give a... <laughs> but don't say nothing. I'm like, okay. Like I said, it's Tuesday. Tuesday is the day that the residents go to church service. Church service is held in the dining hall. So they would get like a couple local pastors that would come in, do a little church service on Tuesday afternoons. So residents that are able and allowed to go to church, they go to church. We sitting there, Rick James on some loud shit. Church is going on over in the dining hall. All of a sudden we hear a cold call coming from the dining hall. We like, what? It's church. Come to find out niggas over there fighting in church. Oh, niggas is acting a plum fool in church. I done been around some stone cold killers. To be specific, I've worked at a facility and we've had, let me see. When I was there, in my time there, I've had three. Yep, three inmates who've came through who have been on First 48. So I've seen stone cold killers and everything else. Niggas who will shoot you till you catch on fire. Go to church and don't act a fool in church. These niggas over here acting a plum fool in church, though. I'm like, niggas acting up in church? I believe, now, I could be wrong. I need y'all to check check on this for me, right? I think it's in Deuteronomy where it say, when you in church, sit your ass down and pay attention to what these folks talking about. I could be wrong, but I think it's in there somewhere. Something like 12... 12th chapter, third verse, something like that. Somebody double check that for me. But anyway, so I'm like, man, these niggas wilding in church. So you got all type of staff going to dining hall, getting shit straight. Cool. Wednesday come a mouth. Thursday come, more firework. But Friday come. We still shadowing. We still training, me and my boy Derek. Friday come. I pull up to work. I'm getting out of my car. All of a sudden, I see... A resident from Unit 5 walking unattended headed to Unit 4. He gets to Unit 4 and he kicks the door in. Come to find out he's looking for another resident because he's trying to kill him. Right after he does that, another unattended resident from Unit 5. Well, I take it back. Two come out of Unit 5 following the first one. They trying to kill the, the other resident too. So I'm like, oh shit. 
They come out of unit four and they have sticks with nails in them. They like some niggas looking for zombies in The Walking Dead. They have sticks with nails and like they're walking all through campus, terrorizing shit, right? Not letting nobody get close to them, people trying to calm them down. Oh, nah, they not having it. It took the local police to come and defuse the situation, arrest them, them three, never to be heard from again, right? After shit gets calmed down, myself and Derek are walking back to Unit 5. Derek says, <laughs> man, them niggas was wild. And that's all he said. So I still ain't got to read them. I still don't know. If shit go left, do you got me? Because I done been in situations where niggas supposed to have me, but they ain't got me. Oh, but I was about to learn. I was about to find out. I was about to get the answer to my question. Couple weeks pass. Derek and myself are working. We're not shadow no more. We full-fledged. We full go. We're working. We're sitting on the unit. There is a resident we'll call P. P is a resident who... Heavy drug user. And he's what you call unit restricted. Meaning he cannot leave the unit for nothing. While he's there, the only time he will leave the unit is if he's getting released, gone about his business. Other than that, he has to stay on the unit because of the fear he will run, escape, get out in public, go look for drugs, go to, you know, a local store and steal drugs, whatever, steal prescription meds or over-the-counter meds. He's that big of a user, right? So, we're at work. I still ain't got to read on what, what will go down if shit goes left, right? Still trying to figure out, do my man Derek got me? We're at work. Like I said, this resident P. He's in his, his room and he's rapping. Oh, this nigga rapping loud. I say, damn. He's in there. He's listening to the latest and greatest in West Coast rap, right? Whole bunch of shit I don't listen to, but, you know, that's his flavor. He going hard. <sighs> All of a sudden. He comes out of his room. When he comes out of his room, he has on red sweatpants, a red hoodie, red socks, red house shoes. Now, that's seen as gang attire. You can't do that. Again, our residents are from California. We don't want no unnecessary shit popping off. We got cats from Grape Street. We got, you know, cats from Long Beach who, you know, they... On 20 Crip, area of the word. On 20 Crip, on 20 Crip. We got neighborhood. We got, you know, all type of shit, right? So we're trying to keep shit at a minimum. He comes out, like I said, all red. So I'm like, oh, buddy tripping. Now, I get it. He's testing me and he's testing Derek. We're new. He wants to see if we some punk bitches or if we're going to say anything, if we're going to redirect him. He walks out his room, okay? Strike one, you have on all red gang attire. Strike two, you've walked out your room without permission. He walks over to the day room. The day room is where the TVs were and like where residents will have meetings, um, little free time, they could watch a little TV, but that door stays locked. He walks over to the room. I say, my man, what you doing? Oh, he ignored me. I say, my man, what you doing? Now I'm sitting pretty far away from him. I'm sitting down in a chair. I say, my man, what you doing? Hey, come open the day room door. I said, what? Come open the day room door. 
I said, let's let's try this again. I said, go in your room, change your clothes, then we can try that again. Out of nowhere, he throws his hands up. I'm flamed up, bitch! Oh, okay. Now he got an audience. Other residents are looking out their doors trying to see what's going on. But I get it. Now we have a kind of a power struggle, so to speak. Because he wants to show, I can do and say what I want to staff and they not going to do shit. And the residents are watching this shit. I understand how the game is played. I understand when I'm new to a facility, motherfuckers going to try me because they want, they testing you to see, oh, what type of niggas? Is he going to be one of those? Stick by the rules, do everything by the rules? Or is he going to be scary? We can run over him. That type feeling, right? So he says this and now he got an audience. They looking. One little cat say, oh, cool. I say, my man, go in your room and change. I'm flamed up, bitch. I said, hey, go change your clothes. Shut the fuck up. Hmm, okay. Now I have to change my approach. See, one thing about communication it ain't always about what you say. It's how you say it and what you don't say sometimes. That you can also get a message out there. Now, I'm sitting down pretty far away from him as I'm saying this. So I say, you know what, Mike? He think you a bitch. He thinks shit's sweet. And he can say whatever he wants to. Oh, he feel like he can disrespect me. See, the thing is, you ain't got to respect me, but you're not going to disrespect me. So I stand up. I start walking towards him. Now I say, hey, go change your shit. See what happened? See, I changed shit up because when I was talking to you nice, giving you the proper way, like, hey, you need to go change your clothes. I didn't come across as a threat. I'm far away from you. So you thinking like, oh, he, he really scary. That's what you thinking. So now when I get up, I get closer to you. I'm closing that distance in between you. I'm letting you know without saying nothing. I'm cool with that shit, too. I get up on your, you're like on, on, like in your space, in your personal space, because I want you to know I'm cool with the physical too. Then I added the, I went from go change your clothes to go change your shit because I throw shit in there instead of clothes. So you can understand I'm on your level too. I'm on your level too. I can go there too. I don't have to be professional and use, you know, proper language and all that. I'm a cuss too. So now when he see me closing that space, he like, mm. so now he has to recompute in his head. Uh, let me figure this nigga out a little bit more. So he backs up and starts going towards his room. As he's walking away, he turns his back to me, but I can see him, you know, peeking back to see if I'm walking up on him. And as he's peeking back, he talking shit, walking to his room. And it's cool. I get it. You talk your shit, walk to your room. Long as you going that way. So he gets in his room, doors open, he in his room, he throwing gang signs, all this shit. Now, mind you, he's rapped every word of the West Coast rap. You know, he got his 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 slang and, and movements and shit, right? He like B-Rad from Malibu's most, Malibu's most Wanted. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He get in his room. My boy Derek is chilling. He's leaning against the nurse's station desk. And I still ain't figured him out. I'm like, okay, let's see. All of a sudden, dude in his room, 
he on some loud shit. Now he's screaming from in his room so the other residents can hear him. These motherfucking new staff don't know who I am. All this shit. He on some loud shit. They looking. They, oh man. All that shit, right? They eating it up. I look. He's walking toward the door. In my mind, I've already said to myself, if he comes out this door, I'm putting hands on him. Because I've already told you to go in your room. You got an audience. Because now I want the same audience that's like bigging you up. That's, yeah, okay, yeah. That think you, you know, that guy. I need them to understand. You're not that guy. So I need them to see. When what goes down goes down, they understand. They get that message too. I fuck you up too. So I'm like, okay. I see Derek stand up. Like he ain't leaning on the desk no more. I said, okay. Dude come out his room like barely. So I get real close. I see Derek move real close. I say, oh shit. Hold on. This quiet nigga might. Hold on. So dude in his room, y'all got me fucked up. Y'all niggas don't know. Whoa. See, I'm one of them type cats. I don't give a fuck you put the A or the ER on. If you white, don't say that. Don't say that. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't get that off of me. I'm not like, you know what I'm saying, some cats that, oh, we give them a pass because they cool. And you ain't that cool. So I'm like, what? Man, y'all must not know about me and all that. Nah, I ain't talking about that. You dropped that word. So I see Derek moving closer. Now, if you ever want to know how a person truly feel about you, make a man and just let him talk. So now he mad because he sees, OK, I'm about to lose this path, this power struggle. I'm about to lose this battle. He's getting so frustrated. He's feeling trapped because he's in a room. We're standing by his doorway. He know he can't whoop us. All of a sudden, that B-Rad from Malibu's Most Wanted. That slang, that hip-hop shit, that shit gone. That talking like a nigga, that's gone. Now it's, you motherfucking niggers! I fucking hate you niggers! And I, oh, he hitting that, that ER, right? Oh, he hitting that ER. Cool. I got you. Yo. Next thing I know, he say, if you niggers want to come get me, come get me. If you want it, Bring it! Give it to me! Give it to me! That's all you say. Give it to me! My dumb ass always laughing, joking mind. All I hear is, give it to me what you say. Give it to me what you say. All I can hear is Rick James. That's all I can hear is fucking Rick James in my head. Next thing I know, he talking to the campus supervisor, and he say, they kicked my ass. I've been here long enough they're not supposed to do that. They slapped me hard enough that my contact lens popped out. What are you going to do? And I looked at Derek, and Derek laughed and said, hey, man, these niggas being here wild. And I knew that nigga had me. <laughs> I'm out, y'all. <laughs>